Welcome back to Freaky Geeky. This is Des. This is Taylor. And this is Ash. And we have a new segment for you guys. Um, it's going to be called Freaky Friday, where I go through and I tell different legends and lore and ghost stories about different states. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about Maryland, where we're all three from. Um, so my first one, it's called Serial Killer and Ghost. It takes place in the Delmarva Peninsula, um, specifically in Reliance, Maryland, along the Maryland-Delaware border of the Mason-Dixon line. Um, It took place in the early 1800s. Um, Patty Cannon was her name and murder was her game. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she murdered and buried several dozen, several dozen casual bodies in the basement of her home i don't know why i and... thought you were gonna say husbands no, <laughs> like, no girl. just just people okay just people um so sh- she buried the bodies in the basement of her home and on her property which i'm assuming her property meant her barn which is actually really interesting and this takes place later in the story um so she ran in it so basically back then there were no actual hotels so the hotels on that time period, the ends were um, people who owned homes that were willing to take the travelers so in. So basically old school Airbnb. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Patty was always, always more than willing to take people in. We wonder why, right? I mean, <laughs> for funsies. Oh, just Do you for want fun. to come stay here? I want to murder you. Basically. So everybody knew that Patty was very generous with her referral fees. she would pay people to tell people to like hey come stay at my inn it's great so you know when people would come looking for a place to stay everybody would point her point them in patty's direction so she's just rolling in victims but these people were knowing words these people were noticing that you know the travelers would go in where but Nine times out of ten, they weren't coming out. (laughs) Gee, last time I saw John Boy was at Patty's house. Right. Um, So they knew they couldn't do anything since, you know, Patty's house was actually in Maryland. But her barn was in Delaware. So, And it was right across the street, right across this little dirt street that was still her property. But one was in Maryland and the other one was across the state line in Delaware. Right? Like, perfect. That's the perfect setup, you'd think. It really is. Um. So can you just when the cops come, they're just Maryland troopers. She just steps across the street like boom, bitch. Dude, that's great because when the sheriff would, when the sheriff from Maryland would come, she would stand at her barn just across the, you know, just across state line and just wave at them. That's fucking hello, literally. Right, and then when the sheriff from Delaware would come, she'd sit on the front porch of her house and yell obscenities at them. Oh my god! Oh my god! She would just cuss them. Fucking. so you know back then police didn't communicate they didn't have the technology walkie-talkies like we do today but they barely communicate that's fair but patty really really benefited from that um you know people actually started calling patty a monster or the personification of evil oh fun um it's actually said that one time she cooked a live baby in her fireplace casual that's so casual just for crying Oh. She was tired of the crying, so she's like, I'm going to fucking cook you. I mean, like, I buried my robo-baby in some pillows, but, like... <laughs> she, she fucking cooked the shit. Um, <laughs> we're just... <laughs> so, in 1829, the police of Maryland and Delaware eventually, you know, got together, and they were like, something needs to be done about Patty. So, they arranged where they both kind of went, and she had, you know, nowhere to go. <laughs> no third state line to cry. She can't just cross into fucking Virginia. She's you know. like, where's Jersey? Um, so me? <laughs> they they took Patty. She was held in the basement of the Georgetown Delaware Courthouse. Sounds fancy. Right, right. So the night before her trial was supposed to be held, she swallowed arsenic that she kept in the hem of her dress. Dude, Patty was on it. Who does that? She though? was a, like, like um, I hate to say it, like, but she was a badass motherfucker. Right? right? Evil genius. Um. So then Patty was buried in the Poppers field behind the Sussex, Sussex County Courthouse. Um, people immediately started saying that her ghost roamed Reliance and Federalsburg in Maryland or sometimes even along the Nanticoke River 
and the cells of Georgetown. So you think this is where Patty's story ends, right? Oh, of course not, because we got the ghost. Of course not. Well, that is the ghost. But it doesn't end. I'm sorry, what? That's Go that's on. the ghost part of this. Okay. That's where she's supposed to roam. But her story isn't ending here. Oh, okay. Talk so, a little fast. <laughs> in the early 1900s, um, town officials decided to enlarge the courthouse where Patty Ooh. was buried. Shut the fuck up. Oh, um, no. Yeah. So, as they were pulling the bodies and the coffins up from, you know, being buried, a young boy decided to take Patty Cannon's skull. Oh, God, why? Out of all the skulls to take, why did God! I mean, why take a skull, period? But why? Why? Do they not? What? Because they're... I have so many questions. <laughs> um, he Do you not have a ball? He took it home to his dad. Ah! Um, Can you imagine? Dad, look what I fucking found! So, his, his dad... <sighs> Hung it on the wall of their bar. What the? F- okay, now I know where the king gets it. So over it. He charged people a whopping twenty-five cents to come look at the skull and even rub it for good luck. Ew! ew good, good luck. luck. That's for good luck. Good luck. Oh my god! Like I mean, also you... depending on what year that is, that actually might be some money. In the nineteen hundreds. Okay, so that's like. I mean, so it kind of. I mean, was still then. like. I don't know, I maybe mean, five bucks or something. Like, all right. I don't know conversions that well. I know that in the fifties, you add a zero to the number. So, right. right. Um. So, Patty's skull was handed down in this family so for fun. years. It actually, like, ironically, rested on the mantle in a lawyer's office. Oh my Jesus! Mm. I'm over it, bro. Right, I can't handle it. Um, they asked too. No, they don't. They don't have a ring as a family heirloom. It's Patty Cannon's skull. <laughs> Casual. That's fucking fine. Like, look at my heirloom. This is my fucking skull. I'm sorry. I just no. What the hell? Right. Um. I, so a recipe for horrible. Finally, in the 1960s, the person in the family who had the skull donated it. Donated it to. Dover, Delaware Library, where it still is today. So it finally got, At least you know, staying put now. It finally got a resting place where it should be, not Ish. just like putting it on a mantle or in a lawyer's office. But ironic that it ended up a murderer's skull ended up in a lawyer's office, that, right? That like, is really ironic. Um, my next story is about Big Liz. Have any of you ever heard of Big Liz? No, but I've been dying to hear this since you've been talking about it. Have you? Uh, I've never heard of Big Liz, but I, I want to hear about it because... You... It might come to me when you start talking about it, but it's like... true. Because like Patty Cannon sounded vaguely familiar once you started talking about it. Um, okay, so this one takes place in Dorchester County. So Big Liz was a slave. She worked for, you know this plantation where the master was a rebel spy basically oh oh that okay that took a turn so, off the that took a turn as we all know you know during it was during the civil war a lot of people in maryland were split mm-hmm. some were for the south and some for the north um but big liz was favored by her master she was the most dependable you know most hardworking slave that he had but he was disappointed when he found out that big liz was reporting all of his activities to federal troops on a daily basis every day so the slave owner would get you know gold and silver just sacks of it all the time for you know, whatever side he was on. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I forgot. Fair enough. <laughs> Probably should have done that. But um, one night when, you know, the chest of gold was full, he called Big Liz to help him load it into his wagon and to take it into the swamp. He gave Patty a shovel and said, start digging. You mean Liz? <laughs> What did I say? Patty, you're, Big you're Liz. recalling yes. Patty. <laughs> Big Liz. When he gave Big Liz a shovel and said, start digging. Oh, no. So, of course, she did what she was told. And yep. 
When the master felt the hole was deep enough, he told Big Liz to put the chest in the hole. She did, you know, and as she was filling the hole up with dirt, the master was standing behind her with a tobacco knife. Oh, no. Very That's large. Where I thought this was going. Very large, very sharp tobacco knife. He waited and he, he kind of paced her rhythm of how she was digging and watched her, you know, gradually come up. And he waited until her head was just at his um, belt line. Uh. And he plunged the, the knife into her neck and actually um, cut her head off. Her head flew off. Oh, good. And hit a tree. And oh, my God. Oh, God. That noise. Uh. <laughs> I heard the noise in my head. Thunk. Um, it said that her face actually kept the, the shocked look. The shocked look. Oh, that's fucked. That, um, yeah, that's fucked. that it has as it rolled to a halt. Like, oh, it just kept my that. God. Oh, so like that horror movie, yeah. like yeah. stereotype yes. type of thing. Oh, yeah. no. Um, her body fell on top of the chest. And, you know, that's where the master buried her body. He never bothered so to fucked. never bothered to go look for her head. He figured an animal is going to come and, you know, carry it off. An animal is going to eat it. Nobody's ever going to find it. Whatever. Well, the saddest part of it all was she was a slave, so nobody would have given a shit anyway. Right. Because people killed slaves right and left back then, unfortunately. Just for no reason. Yeah, because they felt like it. Right. I mean, but do you Look think- at you, Lori. <laughs> oh, God. So. Um, that later. It was about 3 a.m. when he made it back to the mansion. And about 15, meter- 15 minutes later, he was in bed asleep. Okay. No so big deal. he was awoken what seemed to be seconds later by a scratching sound somewhere in his room. Dun-na. He tried to block the sound out until, you know, basically it was coming from above his bed. He could no longer ignore ew, it. Ew. <laughs> um, he yelled out, you know, who's making that noise? Who goes um, there? No one answered, of course. No, no. one answered. Um, but he did notice that the temperature in the room dropped dramatically. And it was a nice summer day out. You know, it's Does summer. It's not supposed air to be cold. In here? Um, so when he got up to shut the window um, that he had opened in his room, he noticed two yellow dots of light floating about four feet off the ground, moving towards him. Um, <laughs> as they got closer, he noted the, he noticed the figure of a familiar woman wearing slave clothing. That's a hot note for me, but motherfucker, you deserved it. Right? right. Get him. So, you know, he realized that it was Big Liz. Um, she was carrying his tobacco knife, still covered in her blood. Oh, fuck. And her right hand. And in her left hand, she carried her head. Ah, yes, I was hoping. Those, those, those two yellow eye, you know, those two yellow dots were her eyes that Ew. were guiding her towards him. Oh, oh my, um, oh my oh. She came back to take her revenge. Get him, get him. Um, exactly. So he tried to plead with Big Liz not to kill him, but did it work? Of no. course not. Um, he didn't Good. want the same fate as Big Liz. He didn't want to live an eternity without his head. Well, who the fuck would? So right. he, <laughs> so he, he left out the window. He fell three stories to his death. Um, they found him the next morning. They buried him on the plantation. Big Liz's body and the chest of gold have never been found. Huh. And people have looked. Many people have tried. But they never go at night. I wouldn't well, yeah, They the never go I at would. night. Um, there are many different, tor- many, many different stories told of where you can find Big Liz still roaming. Some say she remains in the swamp somewhere in Bucktown. Some say if you're in a boat on the Chesapeake Bay. Her head will appear, circling the boat, screaming for help. Oh my god, I've been making Jaws noises this whole time! That's fucked up. I'm just saying, I swear to god, if I ever go out on Chesapeake Bay and that shit happens, I'm just gonna jump off right fucking there. <laughs> You're just trying to crab and have a good day and a slave head floats by, like, <laughs> fuck! And then the other people will say that she can be found sitting on the chest of gold somewhere deep in the Pokemook Forest. That sounds kind of radiant. Like it's that's one of my favorite stories. I mean, because how many people are actually going to go back oh, and tell wait, this Pokemon. story? I've been there. Yeah. But how many people are actually going to go back and tell the story of a slave? Right. Like especially one that was murdered. But she was so like iconic. 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 She was iconic because she, like, 
betrayed her master essentially like they were all too afraid that is wild um, also i feel really terrible because there's a small part of me imagining her as lizzo kind of actually i <laughs> i did the same gosh. thing while i'm I was a terrible writing person it. it's the name i did the same thing while i was writing my notes because i'm <laughs> like hey <laughs> so my next story is on the patapsco female institute okay ring any bell no, absolutely not. Uh, Patapsco does. I mentioned it in my Joe Matheny case, though. Oh, the yeah. Patapsco River. Yeah. So um, the Patapsco Female Institute is, well, was a former girls' school. It was built in 1839 near Ellicott City. Okay. Okay. Um, the conditions of the school were very poor, very unpleasant. Um, it was very unclean. It was very, very, very poorly heated. So it had a lot of outbreaks of the flu and even croup. Yeah. Um, and you know that that contributed to many deaths of many I was students. About to say this already sounds like a fun place to be. Um, one student in particular was Annie. She was the victim of pneumonia. She was the daughter of a, a very wealthy Southern planter. She wrote home, protesting her incarceration, as she called it. You're going to school. Oh, that's fucked. And it's essentially an incarceration because of the conditions mm-hmm. oh, it's ridiculous God. that's so that's morbid as fuck right it really is she died her first winter at the school damn didn't even make it like that long um she said to still roam the complex wearing uh, a long gown she said to be very annoyed Oh, well, God, fucking Very annoying. I would be fucking annoyed, too. You left my ass here to die. Fuck you. And, of course, like, <clears throat> there's probably plenty more yeah. students roaming. But after the Civil War attend- after the Civil War, attendance at the school, you know, declined, ultimately leading to the closure of the school in 1891. It declined because they all fucking died. They right? fucking died. Be- oh, my God. Right. Um, so the new owners brought the pop... Bought the property and turned it into a private residence and a hotel in 1917. Um, it became a hospital for soldiers that had been wounded in World War One. That is literally the like haunted location starter pack. Yeah. Oh um, my god. Like that's a that's the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Right. It's actually unknown how many soldiers passed away. So. Well, yeah. Of course, it's unknown how many are actually still roaming. Um, the the. After the 40s, 1940s, the last occupants of the building left, leaving it abandoned till this day. So basically now it's just ruins. It's not even a building anymore. The ghosts are just casually I ripping it down from the inside. I've heard of the ruins before. Maybe. You have to take a pretty decent hike to get to them. Are yeah, you I think sure you're not thinking of Hell's Gate? That's what I was yep, thinking. Yeah, that's too. the old monastery. Okay. That's an, um, where's it at? I don't know, but I've Is seen it closest. I've been to there. Ellicott City. It's close. It's not in Ellicott City though. It's just closest. I've actually been there, oh, and okay. it's really cool. Hmm. It's a decent hike. Like they have these, I call them the stairs of death. They're they're super fucking steep, and they're really hard to get up if you're you know chunky. <laughs> <laughs> and I am. Um, my next story is one of my personal favorites. It's on Maldire. No idea. Again, the name sounds familiar. You're going to know who she is. Okay. It's um, going to come back to me. And every time, I do this with true crime, too. I'm like, I don't know. And they start, like, someone will start describing a case. And I'm like, oh, that one. So this one particularly <laughs> sticks out to people who are from St. Mary's County. Um, they, they tell the story often. It has not died still to this day. Um, the Historical Society of Leonardtown displays a rock that is a tangible link with, you know, with her death. Um, it's, it varies from teller to teller as all do, as all stories do. Um, so in the late teen, in the late 1600s, Mal, <coughs> excuse me. Got to die real quick. BRB. Mal Dyer lived in a rundown hut in the forest away from people living in town. Um, sounds like my kind of girl. <laughs> she was what we call a hermit. Same. Uh, people back then, you know, that were accepted by society didn't really like mall she was described to be odd old looking not sociable and just downright scary they were terrified of this woman um when bad things would happen you know such as like freak storms ruined crops 
deaths that couldn't be explained, among other things, they they would blame Maul. Oh, of course. They probably saw her as the, like, quote-unquote witch. Yeah. Actually, <clears throat> essentially. So, around this time, the Salem witch trials were happening. Ah, shit. Oh, and god damn it. <laughs> also, 12 other people uh, were being accused of witchcraft in Maryland at this point. Um, you know, as well as other trials were happening in Pennsylvania and Virginia. Yeah, I had um, no idea. So, in order to solve their problems, they decided to burn Maul out of her home. Oh, chill. That's great. They thought, you know, if they push her out of the area, she moved elsewhere, it would solve all of their problems. Like, everything would be fine. This poor fucking girl has been bullied from day one, and then they're just going to burn down her house. Isolated. Right. So, she did escape the fire. She ran into the forest and hid. Um, several days, you know, they didn't see her. They thought she was gone. Um, a boy went out to the woods, just, you know, taking a stroll, whatever, and came back into town reporting seeing Maul's frozen body knelt, knelt down oh, no. beside a rock with one hand raised as, she, as if she was in prayer and her other, her other hand was placed on the boulder. Oh, my. Um, as news spread of the discovery of her body, the town was relieved. You know, again. Yeah, ding dong, the witch is they dead. Didn't, they didn't leave. She didn't leave, but she died. Yeah. Um, but, you know, suddenly, fierce storms were happening again. Psych! You know, floods and illness seemed to be to the plague plagues. the town. Animals were dying. And, of course, what did the townsfolk think? Obviously. Ma Dyer cursed us. Maldire cursed us. Maybe um, you cursed yourself. I hope the fuck she did. Maybe you guys cursed your damn selves for killing this poor woman. Right. So the stream by her old hut is actually named Maldire, or is named after her as well as Maldire Road. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. That sounds familiar, actually. Yeah. So, um, you know, nighttime travelers report seeing a ghost-like figure roaming in the area. There are also reports that on the coldest night of each year... Maul returns to the area where her hut stood and to the rock that she died on. Hmm. So on October 14th, 1972, the rock was found and moved to the old jail in Leonardtown, which um, now houses St. Mary's Historical Society. Visitors come to, you know, they, they go to see the rock. It's, it's iconic. We um, go there. It's not just I a actually, It's a rock. It's all my strength this whole time. <laughs> I just watched that episode the other day. <laughs> Um, it's reported that when people are trying to take pictures of the impression of Maul Dyer's hands and her hand and fingers and the rock, that their cameras malfunction. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, they say that they felt aching sensations while standing near the rock as if they're freezing. Oh, man. Um, we gotta go. Why is that my first night's thing? Right. We gotta go. <laughs> So, according to um, the booklet that the Historical Society has, Maldire is an omen of evil that is equivalent to hearing the cry of a banshee. So, essentially, if you see her, That's... it's going to foretell dire calamities. That's what's said. Seems a little heavy-handed, considering the fact that she's literally an innocent victim, but okay. I mean, Well, I mean, if she's, you know... A pissed off spirit. Yeah, it's fair. it's very well possible. That's fair. I actually have some other information on her that I found after I wrote these, which is really cool. Okay. Um, you know, was, uh, <laughs> same. I gotta find it. It's somewhere. Well, they say that her spirit haunts her spirit haunts the land, looking for the men who forced her from her home. Actually, oh good. Fuck um. Me. The land near her cabin is said to be cursed, never again growing good crops. And apparently there's an unusual number of lightning strikes huh. around that area. And a white dog is actually mentioned as causing accidents on Maldire Road. Um, it says, one interviewer reported that while hunting along Maldire's run around 1970, he saw a very dense fall, fog, it's okay. fog patch, cylindrical in shape, with light emanating about eight inches down from the top. He said it crossed the stream and went east, moving across the wind instead of with the wind. Then turned and went south, but what made it really strange was it did it twice. Ew. No. 
So it, well, you that's know, weird enough to begin with. Yeah. Basically, he said, I'm not saying that it was the spirit of Maul Dyer. I just don't know what it was. I'm not saying it was a ghost, but it was probably a motherfucking ghost. Right. <laughs> um, so they actually, in 1994, Thomas Jarbo, I'm not really sure of the, the pronunciation, conducted a series of interviews with 10 local residents, including a member of the Dyer family. Oh, cool. Oh, that's um, neat. I like that. A local historian, actually. And um, several people from families that have lived in the country since the 1600s. Um, it says, according to these interviews, Maul Dyer is said to have come from Ireland. Ireland, Virginia, Kentucky, New England, or Connecticut. So she actually wasn't a Maryland native. Huh. Um, it says she's said to have been a widow, a woman disappointed in love, or the mother of two sons. Uh, she may have been born a Dyer or married a man named Dyer. Two people said they have heard her name as Moldy Dyer. Oh, that's fucked up. And said that she was a Native American maid abandoned by her white lover after the birth of their child. It says oh. the date of her death varied from the mid-1600s mid to the late 1700s. Um, it says several people said that they thought Maul Dyer was Catholic or that she'd come to Maryland because it was more religiously tolerant than others. Her story is actually um, what they based the character in the Blair Witch Project on. Oh, there we go. That's how I figured you guys would yep, know who it is. They is. actually mentioned Maul Dyer in the movie. That's why it's familiar. That, yeah. Then so now it's clicking. So, like I said, you know, after all these years, her story is very much so still alive. Oh, I got chills. Yeah. Um, my next story is on the witch trials of Maryland, actually. Um, so, you know, as we know, the most famous witch trials we have are that of Salem. You don't really hear about the rest of them. There are. 12 known that were held in Maryland. Um, it starts with Mrs. Richard Manship. Notice they don't even give us her name. Yeah, I love that. And, you get that a lot from this time period. In yeah. 1654, she was accused of witchcraft but was never convicted. Um, her accuser, Peter Godson, was actually judged to have defamed and slandered her. Oh, shit. Unfortunately, that's all I really have on that one. Um, my next one is Mary Lee. She was also, you know, her trial was also in 1654. This one wasn't actually in Maryland. Like, on Maryland soil, it was in the waters of Maryland. Um, she was accused and hanged at sea. Oh, what? shit. Actually, what? by the crew of the vessel Charity for being a witch. That's... I, I know, you can't even wait until you get back to land. No, like, that's the whole thing. Like, what? I didn't know they did that in the water? Okay. Who can hanging? Apparently, the ocean? Well, Mary Lee did, unfortunately. Um, so the, sh the, the charity was sailing from England to Virginia. So they were coming over for you know to settle. The trip should have only taken 8 to 10 weeks um, to get here. But the trip was, you know, very stormy. So the ship had to fight through high seas, adverse winds. So it took a lot longer than it was supposed to. Um, when the ship was two to three weeks from entering the Chesapeake Bay, the crew was whispering about a witch being on board that was attracting the wrath of God. Oh, clearly this oh. men get impatient, so they decide that the woman caused it. Oh, oh. Fuck you. Fuck you, bro. Oh, fuck you. So they blamed Mary Lee, who she was about 40 years old. She was a very petite widow who was traveling with them. Mm -hmm. um, the crew demanded that John Bosworth, which is, you know, at the, that time, it was the ship's master. It wasn't the captain. Um, but they demanded that he test her for witchcraft. Here we go. Um, at first he refused. And, you know, he said he would put her off the ship in Bermuda. Just get rid of her. But the ship actually never made it to Bermuda. They never got there. Crosswinds kind of blew him away. Mm, nah. Zoot. So as the ship started leaking more and you know, more stuff started happening, the crew became very restless. So, after talking to two different passengers, Henry Corbin and Robert Chipson, I love his name, Chipson. Sorry. <laughs> Chipson. Um, Chipson. <laughs> um, Bosworth gave in to the crew's demand. They stripped her and looked for moles and skin tags. Um, oh essentially, God. essentially, at that point, they thought that, no you know... One has the but they thought that moles and skin tags were witches nipple, marks. witches marks, but they were nipples to feed imps. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. Um, 
Casual. So um, they declared that they did indeed find witch marks on her body. Um, so during a cold, stormy night, they fastened her to the capstan, most likely naked, and had Henry Corbin interrogate her. Terrified, she confessed to being a witch, you know, in hopes that it would end her torture. That's so sad. Um, That's incredibly sad. I Oh, my God. And they actually said at this point, because they never saw any of these witch marks, that they shrunk into her body. That's what they said. Of course. They were there, but they oh, shrunk into her body. Of course. How convenient. Oh, my God. Right? Men. Anyway. Ah! <laughs> um, Men in the 1800s. <laughs> right. Kill them all. Right. Um, so the crew begged Bosworth to execute her, but he ended up retreating into the cabin. So the crew took matters into their own hands, and they strung her up. So when life was extinct, as they said back then, they just... What a cute way to describe something so terrible. They just tossed her into the ocean. Cool, cool. Nothing. We don't even know what happened to her belongings. But she's just in the ocean somewhere now. Cool. So the next one is Elizabeth Richardson. In 1659, she was hung aboard another one that, you know, took place on the ocean. So weird. Uh, She was hung aboard the ship Sarah Arch for being accused of being a witch. Um, The ship was en route to Maryland. Her case was actually brought in front of the Provincial Court of Maryland by John Washington of Virginia. Uh, he charged Edward Prescott with causing a causing a woman to be executed for being a witch. So this man, John Washington, actually stood up for her oh. after she died oh, because he thought wonder, it was wrong. I wonder if he was in any relation to George since they're both from Virginia. I have no clue. I didn't go through and... That's a good thought. I know. I just, it just popped into my head. You said Washington, and I was like, huh. I didn't. I never yeah, researched. I um, Prescott didn't deny the hanging, but he actually ended up laying blame to the master of the ship, John Green. Uh, Washington failed to show in court, so Prescott was eventually acquitted of all charges, which sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, heaven forbid anyone defend a woman. Right. So, uh, Joan Mitchell is our next one. She was accused of witchcraft in Charles County. Um, <laughs> make a face at your own nose. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't put a year. Okay. Um, but sh- uh, she was acquitted, and she brought suit against those who accused who accused her for slandering her. Dude, don't fuck with these Maryland bitches, though. <laughs> right? Like they're gonna slay you with their old bay seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elizabeth. Uh, Bennett, I know that name from somewhere. Elizabeth Bennett. It sounds so. It familiar. sounds like I think it sounds like um Elizabeth from Pirates of the Caribbean, but I can't think of her actual last name. Swan. Nope, it's not, not it. Yeah, I don't know. No, it does sound familiar. It does sound familiar. It's a very. Yeah. Um, she was from St. Mary's County. Uh, she was accused in 1665 and was also acquitted. Most of them were. That is so. That's. I mean, that's probably why we don't hear about it. I mean, and that's. I mean, there were actually very few executed um john cowman a man was the first actual person to be accused on maryland soil um he was sentenced to be hanged but uh governor charles calvert pardoned him um the pardon included included a very very sadistic condition calvin cowman was to be taken to the gallows and to have the noose placed around his neck that's it what (laughs) That's it. Just take him to the gallows and put the noose around his neck. Let him know what it feels like. Whoa. Just in case you're thinking about it. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't stand it. Weirdest punishment um, ever. Rebecca Fowler is next. She was the first person accused and executed on Maryland soil for witchcraft in 1685 in Calvert County. Um, Hannah Edwards. She was accused and acquitted in 1686. The next one's actually kind of freaking funny. Um, it's about Catherine Prout. She was accused by Charles Kilburn on January 15th, 1702. Kilburn, that sounds like a guy that's going to be kind to you. Right. Um, Kilburn appeared before the Anne Arundel, Anne Arundel Court claiming that he was a victim of witchcraft. He said he was in a very sickly state um, and that when he would recover, he would always run into Prout, who... He said was very threatening towards him. (laughs) He 
he said she would wish him ill and tell him she hoped he would continue to suffer and die. <laughs> what are you doing to her? Right? Damn. Um, Kilburn asked the court to investigate her for witchcraft, into which the court demanded that Prout come forth and explain herself. And she did. Okay, can't wait. She showed little respect for the court and was fined 100 pounds of tobacco purely for her saucy language. Yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> and that's, that is an exact quote, saucy language. I love her. Um, I love the, the court actually dismissed the petition that Prout was a witch, despite her behavior. <laughs> um, Prout ended up suing Kilburn two months later for slander, and she won. Yes! Kilburn had to pay 1,101 pounds of tobacco <laughs> in court costs. Holy shit. <laughs> Like, can you imagine Go paying pounds yourself. of tobacco? God damn. <clears throat> Prout also sued a woman, Kate Quillen, for defamation for calling her a Dame Ye instead what of does that what mean? instead of Ye Dame. What? So it says, oh my God. Um, so this is backwards? Yeah, so since the inversion of the words carried impl uh, implications of witchcraft. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess it's kind of like the whole, like, if you say Latin backwards thing. Yeah, essentially. Quillen also accused Proud of stealing molasses and fish from a basement in Annapolis. Oh, um, how dare you take my molasses and fish? What a great combo. I love these old crimes because it's never like, they pickpocketed me. You stole my molasses, you witch! What? Proud, hey, um, she also won that case. Um, and Quillen had to pay uh, Proud three pounds the last one we have is um virtue vial bless you right it's the name <laughs> of talbot county she was accused and acquitted in 1715 um she was also unfortunately the last person documented to be tried for witchcraft in maryland there's two more but i, I couldn't find them anywhere oh that's fucked right there's 12 cases altogether, but i could only find 10 which i'm really in I'm impressed about. you found that many, though, honestly. Right? Well, some of them, I couldn't even find much of it other than, hey, she was, you know, accused yeah. or and either executed or acquitted this year in this town. Yeah. Some of them, I couldn't even find years or towns. It was just this person. Um, you they know, existed and might have been a witch. We don't know. They definitely believe that um, witchcraft, the idea of it was brought over with settlers. Mm -hmm. But it also still remains a huge part of our folklore today mm -hmm. you know as we all know there's still plenty of people who believe and of course practice it hey. right like <laughs> next one oh. this one is the hager house or the hager fancy as other people call it how fancy um it is one of the oldest buildings still standing in the town of hagerstown um the founder of Maryland, Jonathan Hager built the house in 1740, making the building 281 years old now. Damn. And that, wow. that's to this year. Like, I did the math and everything. 2021, you know, for future reference. <laughs> yeah. Like, Whoop. Jesus. Yeah. So, of course, you know, the, the house saw war and among other things. You know, if those walls could talk, mm -hmm. there was, would be some interesting stories. Absolutely. It said that at least 13 people died in the home, some of natural causes, others from accidents, and others believed to have been murdered, like I said, mm -hmm. if the walls could talk. Um, it's one of my favorite stories of hauntings, mainly because I have been witness to a few of these stories. You know, whenever we were in elementary school, mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the school's favorite places to go... That? It was always, hey, we're going to the Hager House. What school we went to. Yeah, if you were in Washington, if you were in County, Washington County, you went to the Hager House at least once for a yep. field trip. I went once every year. Once every year. It was, of course, you know, we got out of school. Mm -hmm. um, but, like I said, this is, a lot of this is actually mainly just from the top of my head because I've heard it so many times and I've witnessed it. Um, you know, there are typical stories of disembodied voices, objects being moved without anybody touching them. I remember one time when I was there, and I believe it was the nursery, um, there was a rocking chair. And, you know, we were all there, but mm -hmm. you didn't really file into the room when you went. Mm -hmm. You kind of stood and as you walked by, you looked in. You gawked because, like, in a flock of children. Right. 
Well, I much room to go. looked in the one time and the rocking chair that I believe was in the corner was rocking. Ew. I, I actually, shit you not, same thing happened to me. Right. You know what's funny? My story is I remember, I remember, it's like the very weird early memory. And I think it was the first thing paranormal I think I ever saw was I remember specifically there was like a hearth, like a stone hearth and a broom next to it. Mm-hmm. And I watched the broom move by itself. Which is, you know, one of another claim that actually happens. You know, a lot of stuff in that house is, uh, that house moves. Um, there's a doll that but, was believed to belong to one of the little girls that moves all over the house. All over the house. Also, really bold of them to take children in there in retrospect. Right. In mass. Right. Um, you know, there's stories of footsteps. There are... Uh, you know, heavy objects being drug across the stone basement floor. Yuck. Well, and you know, the, um, the one thing that you guys have to remember is there's a stream that runs right under there, mm-hmm. which they, they took us down, I think to the, the basement. And it was like, it was made of stone and the, the stream was running underneath of it. And they, they said, I think it was a lime kiln. It was. So, you know, been so long paranormal investigators actually believe that running water and not only that but lime limestone is yeah limestone is actually said to be a very good um conductor conductor for paranormal activity activity as well as the running water so you got two right there well that's the whole thing you know the house i yeah the the house in bootsboro you know right up there was that little lime kiln oh yeah and there was tons of paranormal activity in my house Mm -hmm. like Uh the the i lived in an old church parsonage same area um, but there was a lime kiln up the road. That makes a lot of more sense now. Right. Yeah. Right. I had no idea about the lime thing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's actually one particular story that I remember and I watched this in a, uh, a show. Um, I don't know if either of you ever heard about the show legends. Yeah. It was on like forever ago and they did a segment on, uh, the Hager house. I vaguely remember it. Well, and I, it was actually, it came on one day whenever I got home from the Hager house. That's funny. And I was watching it and uh, there's a claim that you can hear footsteps pounding up the stairs ew. and a child screaming for help. Ew, ew, ew. Don't like that. that ew, ew, ew. While I was in the Hager house, no, I heard the footsteps, not the scream, oh unfortunately. God. I would have loved to hear the scream. That would have no. been great for me. That nope, what a nope, the fuck <laughs> right out of there. That's a whole lot of nope. <laughs> um, there's another story of a woman looking out the window or feeling as though you're being watched. This Whoa, is another I one. Like I saw that and I forgot that I saw that. that this is one me. that I actually, another one that I, you know, was privy to being like to witnessing. So we were all out, you know how they have like that big grassy area near the one little museum. Mm-hmm. We were all out there eating lunch. No other schools were there. It was just our school. And I looked up. And saw a woman staring at us. Oh my god! I literally have. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm a kid. I don't understand these things at that time. Um, you know, temperatures in the home rise and fall. There's no heating. There's no. There's no electric in that house. It was freezing in the middle of the summer in that house. Mm -hmm. It's always because it was always we went in like May or like when schools used to end in the middle of June, like right at the end of the school year. And it would be really hot out, but that place was fucking freezing. The basement was always cold. Oh my god. Like, chilling cold. And I remember that. Yeah. I did not like being in that basement. Like, I wanted to go. Like, I was... No. Mm -mm. Yeah, so there's obviously no explanation for that. And tour guides have actually reported that people faint while they're in the house. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Paranormal investigators claim that the kitchen has a very feminine feeling to it while the trading post room in the house has a very masculine feeling which back in that time would be they would make a lot of sense yeah thank you um guides have said that spirits of both genders can be seen regularly such as a child who latches onto women no um a woman in a green and a woman in green who can be seen who can be seen looking out the window Uh, or you could just catch a glimpse of her green dress in the halls oh my and god it's coming back to me I've i know i did the same the... thing no i saw the green dress mm-hmm. oh my god we all saw the great dress oh right god. like that's crazy like we all you know i blocked the memory out i did too and then when she said green that it's, yep, me too. yeah right 
Um, and there's also um, said to be a man in black who can be seen wandering the home or even, you know, be seen around the city park, which is amazing. I've Ugh. never been privy to seeing that. Well, no. we've also never really been at night either. I have you been. don't I have been. go to city park no. at night. I've well, been there. just because muggers, but... <laughs> Drug addicts. Yeah. Well, it's Hagerstown. Not safe. <laughs> um, you don't know, most Hagerstown natives are actually very, very unfazed by these claims. Oh, um, they don't care. They're very, very aware that it's part of the creepy history of Hagerstown and the home itself. Um, but how can it be standing, you know, without still having op- occupants who loved and treasured that house roaming the halls? This is also really random since we're still on the subject, but I feel like I have a faint memory of children, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like as a kid, I saw other kids that weren't part of my class. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I could be pulling that out of my ass, but I just, I have I very faint memory in the back of my head. There's well, a lot of things that we've blocked out from that yeah. young age because we didn't, like you like you said, Daz, like, we didn't grasp those concepts mm-hmm. back then. And we right. wouldn't have known how important it was at the time. We probably were like, oh, it's just a person. Yeah. Right. Like to us, it's, oh, look at that kid. Yeah, that's awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? Or, hey, there's a lady. Yeah. But see, I was very well, I knew well, see, I, whenever I saw the woman, I knew that there was nobody in the house. Everybody who was there was outside. And that's why you remember. That's why I remember. It's just, it's crazy the things that, you know, once you're actually sitting down thinking about it, it's nuts the things that you remember yeah. and you can call recall. So, my next thing is a I call it the lightning round it's just a bunch of little stories um my first one is Fletchertown Road um so this one's actually kind of about the goat man goat man goat man I don't know why that happened right <laughs> so people say that the, the goat... goats are cute apparently the goat man is not Aww. people say the goat man was a former goat farmer that went crazy after teenager killed his goats and others say that he's the result of a botched human-animal experiment at the Beltsville Research Agricultural Center. Oh, that's good. a mouthful. That's, that's a mouthful. That's lovely. Um, he's been seen in many, many locations. Um, but it all started really? in Bowie, Maryland, on Fletchertown Road. Uh, he's been known to decapitate dogs and scare teens parked in deserted areas. Oh my God! Sure. Uh, next is Fort McHenry. Mm-hmm. You guys know Fort McHenry. Uh, we learned about it in school. So Fort McHenry, for those of you who may not know, is located in Baltimore. It is the place where Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner. Um, many people don't really actually know about his the the haunted past of Fort McHenry. Um, you know, even Maryland natives don't. No, it's not very talked about. Uh, many soldiers died during the attack. Uh, visitors claim to see a man dressed as a Confederate soldier. Still marching as if he were on duty. That's Guarding the fort. Uh, some people claim to feel a sense of dread in the dungeon where people were held captive. And on occasion, it is said that you can still smell gunfire and hear marching drums in the distance. The next one is very, very well known to almost everybody in Maryland. It is the Jericho Covered Bridge. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you can. it's in Kingsville. You either go and you see people... Swinging in the rafters. You can see a woman dressed in Amish clothing walking along the bridge. Or the most famous claim for this bridge is driving across the bridge, turning around at the dead end, driving back, stopping your car in the middle of the bridge, putting your car in park, and have everyone look out the back window and have the driver step on the brakes and see what you see. No, thank you. Um, The next one is the Antietam Battlefield. So this is the one thing that puts Sharpsburg, Maryland on the map. It's the yep. only thing that put Sharpsburg, Maryland <laughs> on the map. I right. don't know. Nutter's is pretty um, iconic. Well, okay. <laughs> we almost stopped there today. No mm, lie. When Nutter's. I went to see the patchy, <laughs> it was cl- it wasn't open until like two o'clock. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Why? Need ice cream. Um, so we all know, you know, thousands of soldiers died there on September 17th, 1862, known as the bloodiest day of the Civil War. Um, those who lost their lives in the battle still tend to wander the battlefield and surrounding area. You can see a spirit wandering anywhere from Bloody Lane, the Pry House, or even Burnside Bridge. It's said that ghosts it's said that ghostly screams can be heard at St. Paul Episcopal Church, and a Gaelic battle cry still lingers over the battlefield. It is believed to be the most haunted place in Maryland. And honestly, my grandfather, uh, he took me to the battlefield just to walk around as a child. Like mm-hmm. that was his version of like 
hanging out with yeah. me. Uh, and I'm telling you, I think a lot of my paranormal experiences, like tuning into them started with that because yeah. the Burnside Bridge, Bloody Lane, the Pry House. I can't tell you how many times I've been to those places. Right. And like as a child, like the Burnside Bridge, especially that was like my grandfather's pinnacle place to go. And like, Oh my God, I've had so many experiences out there. It's wild. So many paranormal experiences. Um, the next one is actually super creepy. It's Miller's church road in Hagerstown. Ah, yes. Oh no. We, we all three know this story. (sighs) Um, so rumor has it that on this particular road, um, uh, say satanic worshipers took over a Catholic church that was located on the road and sacrificed young girls there in the 1930s. Uh, the church is actually no longer there. It burned down, leaving a large oak tree on the property. A couple, oh. it's it said a couple parked there one night, and the when the car wouldn't start, the boyfriend left. Went the boyfriend went to get help and left the girlfriend in the car with the windows locked. When he came back, the girlfriend, you know, he found the girlfriend hanging from the oak tree. Um, visitors claim to see a ghostly figure in the area as well as cars that disappear into the night. Classic urban legend. I've shit. actually heard a story from um, an old family friend that there's a, a ghostly hearse that will chase ew! you. Yes. That will chase you yes, off the road. That is true because guess what happened to my mom? Ew, 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 ew. It happened to him is as that well. The, is, that, is that also the place where... Um, where if you park on the hill with the little kid hands and the powder? No. no. no that's Spook Hill. Thank that's you. Spook Hill. I was going to put Spook Hill in here, my but it's like... My mom did Spook Hill when she was a kid. Like, both of those things. The hearse and Spook Hill. She both, like, the hearse happened to her. When I've I been the Miller's Church. Went, no. It's creepy. No. I've I, across, I won't go on the road anymore. No. I went once. I started bawling. Yeah. And I've I was never, just like, we I've need... I've enough stories that I don't want no, to go. I, well, because... It, ex-boyfriend took me there that thought he was a paranormal buff um and i went there and i said we gotta go i don't like this i don't like what i feel i don't like this feeling in my chest can mm-hmm. we please leave um and, uh, no no when my brother was in college he actually did a paranormal investigation type of group so they went there and my brother took my old camera and was taking pictures and he took a picture in the oak tree and one of the the best things that i ever saw was he caught an orb up in the branches of the tree with a face in it Ew. Yeah, it was like one of the best things. So I'm going to leave off with a useless fact about Maryland. Yay, yes. Yay. Um, a convicted murderer named Harold Benjamin Dean became the first and only person to escape Maryland's Supermax Penitentiary in 2002. He squeezed through an 8-inch by 22-inch window and climbed oh over the razor wire using a rope made of clothing. Okay, Bundy. Wow. <laughs> Well, damn, thanks for joining us for our very first Freaky Friday. Uh, you know the drill. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Freaky Geeky Podcast Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram at Freaky Geeky Podcast. And send us a Gmail email at Gmail, Freaky Geeky Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, hope you stick around for more. And as always, stay freaky. Stay freaky, y'all. Stay freaky.